Welcome to the first November edition of the PFF Forecast. It is Wednesday evening. I'm George. I've got Brad. We've got the double Seth edition this week. Once again, we have Seth Galina joining us at the start. He's going to talk Thursday night and Sunday night primetime matchups, key scheme and mismatch advantages. We've got Judah Fortgang, uh, the master of the live betting strategy. We'll put our game plan together for Sunday, and then we're going to close it out with Tej Seth and pick our locks at this point of the week because we've punted on just one because uh you know with this many great uh pieces of facial hair you've got to uh you've got to go for more than one lock of the week let's rock Get, you know, before we jump into to Thursday night football, um, give us your quick 60 second assessment of Cincinnati as a city. This is what I tell everybody. And, you know, I come from a city that's a, you know, I think it's like Montreal is like a top 10 in terms of population city in North America. I think it's like seventh most, and depending on what statistics you use. So big city. And I tell people this when I'm in Cincinnati. Even though I'm like, you know, my hotel is usually downtown. Most of the guys here live downtown. You don't even have to look both ways before you cross the street because you just know there's probably not a car coming. So that is my very quick assessment of Cincinnati. Honestly, I'm not anti-Cincinnati. I like the city. I like coming here. It's it's refreshing, especially as the weather gets worse in Montreal. It's not as bad in, in, uh, in Ohio. So that's my Cincinnati assessment. How would you... Uh... Would you agree with Seth, Brad? Funniest thing. Uh, now, respectfully, I'll just refrain from any Cincinnati commentary. But I will say, <laughs> when we had T- when we had Timo Riske fly all the way mm-hmm. from Germany for an R and D retreat, and I just found it so funny. This guy traveled, you know, hours and hours to go to Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, I think he was whelmed. He was underwhelmed or overwhelmed. He he was properly whelmed. I think that's properly good. whelmed. I like that. That's a good way to put it. I'll say this: the downtown does not do it justice because it's one of the worst downtowns. Uh, that is in existence in human history. But the sit- there are other good parts of it. That's how I'll uh, address it. Speaking of uh, things that are underwhelming, the Houston Texans, uh, and things that are overwhelming, the Philadelphia Eagles. They meet on Thursday night. It's in Houston. Right now, the Philadelphia Eagles, 7-0, 5-2 against the spread. The Texans, 1-5-1, 3-3-1 against the spread. And the Eagles are a 14-point uh, excuse me, favorite at this point opened up at uh, at nine and a half and has moved all the way out to 14 now. Um, so a lot of people, not surprisingly, a lot of smart money is backing the Philadelphia Eagles. So we're going to be a little more pointed with our analysis this time. We've tried to streamline the podcast. So I'm going to start where I normally end the question uh, and answer period of Seth Galina. And that is, Talk to me about the biggest mismatch advantage in this game. I think it's the Eagles interior offensive line versus the Texans interior defensive line and maybe even the linebackers as well. We just saw what happened to the Texans defense allowing over 300 rushing yards to the Titans. And the Titans offensive line is like, okay. Mm -hmm. There are some bad parts to it as well, but overall it's just okay. There are no real bad parts to the Eagles offensive line right now. 
hmm. um, from tackles to guards to center. They're just playing at such a high level. So obviously you don't have, there's a difference between Derrick Henry and Miles Sanders. However, I think the, the insane running lanes that Miles Sanders is going to have um, because of that interior offensive line, it's going to be too much to handle. The It feels like Miles Sanders uh, was once a running back that, um, you know, was going to be worthy of like a second contract and like everyone loved this guy. And he's, now I think become he's like flipped onto the other side of things. It's really strange that their offensive line is so good, and yet they've really never had a running back who's who's done anything um, of note. So it's interesting as you think about betting this. You know, like, do you want to back? Is Miles Sanders the way they take advantage of that interior, or is it is it they spread they spread it around, or Jalen Hurts, or you know maybe there's value in betting one of the other running backs to take advantage of I think I, my thing would be, I think the game could get out of hand quickly enough that it will, it might not be a Jalen hurts rushing game. They might just have him hand the ball off the whole time and not really show anything. If, you know, if it's 14, nothing mm-hmm. early or something like that, that would be where, where the value would be and whoever's the backup, you know, I mean, whoever gets the second amount of uh, second amount of snaps for running backs after Miles Sanders, or maybe even just Miles Sanders. Yeah, the, the, his uh, rushing prop, by the way, 79 and a half for Miles Sanders. That is a lot. Yeah. Uh, that is a very, very, very high uh, rushing prop total for Miles Sanders. So we'll see. Maybe I'll be compelled. Going to reserve uh, judgment here until uh, until we get to the betting portion of the, of the, of the Q&A here. Yeah, so uh, obviously also not working in favor of that mismatch is Malik Collins, arguably the best interior defensive lineman for the Texans, is not going to play in this game as of a couple hours ago. So, you know, Roy Lopez is a solid player. They, they have some guys there, but I think Collins is probably the best of the bunch. Uh, my question for you is, I searched uh, far and low, uh, near and high, to find a strength for the Texans roster. I did find <laughs> one eventually. Um, they do have a good secondary. They have a lot of depth there. They add Jalen Petrie. They add Derek Stingley, your guy from LSU. They already had Desmond King. They signed Steven Nelson. They have depth, and they have good players there. It's kind of the one unit I think is a strength. What can they do to not get absolutely mossed by A.J. Brown like uh, <laughs> like we saw against Pittsburgh last weekend? Yeah, I mean, I'll start by saying, like, I hope we get to see some good one-on-one matchups between Stingley and either Devonta Smith, which we've seen in college, or A.J. Brown, which we may have seen in college. No, I don't think so. I think they already graduated before that. <laughs> but anyways, um, I hope we do see this stuff. How they're not going to get Moss, I mean, they're going to get, they're probably going to allow a lot of passing yards and receiving yards to the guys, but how they won't get Moss and put on highlight reels all the time is that they already play a quarter of their snaps in cover two. Lovey Smith's defense, we know the cover two stuff. So at least they can they could get, um, you know, two players, quote unquote, on those two outside receivers and not allow them to, to make as many, you know, kind of deep plays. There are other ways that the Eagles will deal with them. Uh, maybe that's where the read option game comes in, you know, adding an extra runner, an extra ball handler uh, against a light box. But I think it's still, you know, the, the issue is like th- these guys, Devonta Smith and, AJ Brown can take advantage of anyone. I, I have high hopes for Derek Stingley, you know, it, as, as a player in this league over the next 10 years or whatever, but probably not ready for this assignment just yet. Those two guys are AJ Brown play strength and just um, overall strength off the charts. Smith's route running is out of control as well. So that's how you don't get Moss. You just don't let them play in one-on-one situations. 
do we say the word moss enough in that so you think you can work <laughs> it moss. in big trade big trade deadline piece zach moss we'll sneak that in there <laughs> yeah by the way if you have not uh gone and checked out the trade deadline coverage and i gotta be honest for people out there that don't consume the nfl every single freaking day you know minute after minute um a lot of incredible trade coverage by um mr brad spielberger you can find it on the pff app use uh, the letters PFF to search in uh, the Apple App Store. You can go find it. Seth, now that you're in the US, you can download it, which should be a big moment for you. Um, and uh, you can go get all of that great uh, draft coverage, plus all of the betting analysis, both written and model analysis. So with that, Seth, we'll start with you. What is your favorite way to bet this game? I like Davis Mills over 1.5 rushing yards. Nice. The Eagles will get pressure. You know, you can talk about any, when you talk about one mismatch, you can talk about any of these, um, you know, versus things versus, uh, uh, you know, units Mm -hmm. as a mismatch. So Eagles defensive line versus Texans offensive line, not good. They will get pressure. All you need is one scramble, right? And you get, you get over 1.5 rushing yards. So I'll take that. I love that his neck is about, you know, half a half a yard. So yeah. you only need he can fall really forward at negative four yards and get to two yeah. with how long his neck is. Big <laughs> edge right there. Underrated QB sneak edge for Davis Mills. Yeah, no kidding. Um, Brad, what about you? Yeah, uh, we talked about it on Sunday, uh, kind of going back to the well a little bit. Uh, with the Eagles' first half, it is now over seven. It's at minus seven and a half. Um, I'm not sure I, that that scares me away even still. Um, they have been the best team in football in the first half of games by mm-hmm. a decent margin. They are just so, so, so much better. My thing also is Nico Collins, wide receiver for Houston, will not play in this game. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Brandon Cooks is showing up for this game tomorrow either. I don't know if he's even going to be in the building. Um, if they don't have those guys, I, I mean, this could be one of the, if not the ugliest games of the entire season. Um, so, yeah, I like Eagles minus seven and a half in the first half. Yeah, by the way, what Brad is referencing is every Sunday night, on the forecast, members of the printing press, if you don't already listen to the Sunday night episode, which you absolutely should, and you should share it with your friends as well, because it's great content. Um, Arjun Menon joins us. We guess the lines. We pick our favorite early bets. Um, just to, I don't want to brag, but like we did go 13 and one last week on our early bets. So it behooves uh, the members of the printing press to listen. We loved um, the, the Eagles first half there. Here's where I'm going to go. I'm going to follow Seth's lead. I'm not going to bet Miles Sanders over the 79 and a half. I'm going to bet two, two derivatives of that. I'm going to bet longest rush over 18 and a half. And I'm going to bet an alt rushing yards of over 125 at plus 490. So look, if he goes over 79 and a half, he has over 80. I'm going to go ahead and say like, he's, they've probably cleared a large, you know, a large enough hole that he's broken off a big one. And if he does break off a big one, they're going to keep playing him. They're going to, you know, let the, let the guy enjoy a little bit of love there. And I say he goes over 125 in a, um, in a, in a huge rompus of the Eagles, but this also protects you a little bit against a potential backdoor at 14. Obviously that's a really big number. Um, and the Eagles have not necessarily sustained that dominance uh, throughout the entirety of the game. All right, let's go to Sunday night. Slightly less lopsided matchup, but lopsided nonetheless. And that's the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tennessee Titans. This one, 
has the Titans visiting Kansas City. So Kansas City just a 10 and a half point favorite to open. They're now out to minus 12. So a lot of respect for the Chiefs here. Total at 46 and a half. Now it's down ever so slightly. Both teams five and two. This has got to be uh, the best, uh, the most lopsided matchup of five and two teams that we've seen in a while. The Titans, though, interestingly, five and two against the spread. The Chiefs are three and four. So, Seth, we'll start with this. The biggest mismatch on the field Sunday night will be where? Whoever Chris Jones is playing against, you know, <laughs> interior defensive lineman Chris Jones probably will be Aaron Brewer, who is the left guard. He's just not been very good. In fact, the entire left side with Dennis Daly has been bad as well. So I think wherever Chris Jones lines up, that is, that's the mismatch. Like he, Chris Jones, obviously one of the best interior rushers in the league. And even though, like we talked about, Titans rushed for a whole bunch of yards last week. This is a completely different front they're going up against and obviously led by Chris Jones. Chris Jones, the highest graded defensive interior tackle in the league, 92.9 PFF grade. A guy that might be one of the more underrated players, I feel like, in the NFL, at least because he plays on the Titans, is Jeffrey Simmons, who's actually number two in PFF grade among defensive interior uh, linemen at 90.9. The difference, of course, is that the Kansas City interior offensive line may be the best in football, would you say, Seth, versus the, the Tennessee Titans, which are not quite there? Yeah, that's that's a really good defensive line. I think that the Titans are going to have to do some interesting stuff up front to deal with that rushing attack. I mean, it's not the greatest rushing attack, but I think that they do have obviously a good interior offensive line. And you know, the the defensive line for the for the Titans is fine, though obviously um, propped up by Jeff Simmons being honestly, again, like you said, one of the more underrated. Probably he's in that tier one class of defensive tackles. So. Without a doubt. So, uh, strangely enough, last year, even in a game where Tennessee was actually coming into it with a bunch of injuries, they held Patrick Mahomes to his lowest scoring total of his entire career. It was kind of a blowout. 27-3 to um, has never scored. You know, first time, I think only time he did not score a touchdown in a game. What did they do, and how can they try to do it again? Well, I think so. The first thing is just the way that the Tennessee Titans play the linebackers. Very aggressive. I mean, you know, Zach Cunningham – and, and David Long, Long is the, you see David Long in the backfield on like every play. I'm not saying he always makes a play, but he's at least in the backfield. So it's just, you can have those games where all of a sudden you get, you get um, behind the sticks, you try to run the football, you get behind the sticks. Nothing they did schematically that was really interesting was they came with a lot of blitzes, but very specific blitzes. So they're called simulated pressures. Some people call them simulated mm-hmm. pressures. And basically what we're doing here is we're sending four guys but it's not the four down defensive lineman. We're coming with a safety or a nickel and we're dropping out one of the, one of the defensive ends or maybe defensive tackle, usually defensive end. So we're trying to get the illusion of a blitz and trying to get the protection to allow us a free rusher while still having the amount of the kind of quote unquote maximum amount of zone guys, uh, guys in zone coverage with seven. And they did that a couple of times and, and Mahomes had to hold on to the ball a little bit. That's something that the Titans did a bunch last year. I haven't done it as much this year, but I'm curious to see if this is how you get after the the Chiefs, who I think it allows you to blitz while still having players over the middle of the field and zone. And we can see that this is where Mahomes and Kelsey are attacking right now. You know, seeing all that cover too, they're going to attack the middle of the field. 
they can get away with it, hopefully, with these kind of blitzes that aren't blitzes, sending four, but still blitzing. Yeah, you mentioned the similar pressures. Everyone probably remembers Joe Burrow getting sacked nine times against the Titans in the playoffs last year, still winning the game, hilariously enough. But the simulated pressures were a huge part of that game plan for the Titans. And if they could have scored any points, might have gotten it across the finish line. Um, it's interesting. We've talked about the Titans and their ability to start games well with scripted plays and then fall off. Um, so interested to see where you guys go with this one. Seth, how are you betting uh, Sunday night? Yeah, it's hard for me. Look, the Titans have played well against the Chiefs in the Mahomes era, mm-hmm. as well as you can play. And like Brad mentioned, I'm just talking about like that game last year, 27 to three. So I'm going Titans plus 12 and a half because that just seems like such a big number. And the Titans are, look, the Titans aren't, aren't a great football team, but they are five and two. So I, I still think that 12 and a half is such a big number, even though the Chiefs are playing really well. It's just like, I think the Titans can, can do a lot of the same stuff they did last year. I'm not saying they're going to win the game. I just think 12 and a half is too big for me to, to go against that. Oh, this this might uh, be a PFF forecast first. You and I can maybe battle have a have a virtual arm wrestle or something like that. So they are five and two. Uh, they've won five straight games against Davis Mills, Carson Wentz, <laughs> twice against Matt Ryan, and once against Derek Carr. Uh, so yeah, they they are they are five and two. Uh, I think that changes it a little bit. Um, you mentioned the simulated pressures. Amani Hooker, I think, is a great safety that can do that. Did not practice today. Might not play in this game. Um, you know, but I mean, you're probably right. But I, you know, early lines on Sunday, I took Kansas City. I think it was minus eleven or eleven and a half. I'm still laying twelve and a half. Um, you know, maybe in part the extra motivation of Tennessee kicked our ass last year. We're coming off a bye. And they are five and two. So you view them as a threat. They got the one seed last year. They took away the buy that maybe puts you in the Super Bowl if you're Kansas City. Um, you know, kind of more motivation and narrative than, than you know analysis there. But nevertheless, uh, I'm still laying it all. I think Kansas City is going to absolutely blow the doors off them. I don't. I don't mind that. Just to add a little diversity here, I would think about Derrick Henry under. Um, given what Seth just said um, about that mismatch. I don't see that number out anywhere. But given last week, I'm going to go ahead and guess people are going to overextend uh, themselves on, on Derrick Henry. So I would look to bet under. Um, but here's where I'm going to go back to my favorite prop is going to be Patrick Mahomes passing touchdowns over. And the reason for that is Randy Reid coming off a of bye, all the things Brad just said, and the fact that the coverage unit you know, for the Tennessee Titans it's not the strongest on planet earth. I think they'll be able to take advantage of it. Some of the aggressiveness that they have, they'll be prepared for that this time. So I'm rocking with my boy, Pat Mahomes. Uh, we now reach the favorite, my favorite part of the entire show. That is Seth's pet peeve. He told us pre-show. Yeah, I have a pet peeve, but really I just have something that annoys me. So that's kind of the, that's the the mood right now. of Seth Kalina, what's your pet peeve this week? Okay, so I had, I just added one just because I wanted to get some more analysis nice. in because I, I can't stop talking about football. So something that annoys me is the Tennessee Titans against play action. And we mm-hmm. talked about how aggressive those linebackers are. It kills them. They're, they're the worst play action defense in the league. And that's another way that the Mahomes and the Chiefs can get after them. Okay, what annoys me? Juju Smith-Schuster. No, Juju. (laughs) I love the pause. (laughs) Juju Smith-Schuster wearing number nine. All right. I have no problem with Juju Smith-Schuster. I literally have no opinion of him. Is he good? Is he bad? I don't care. What I care about is his nameplate is too long for a single digit, which is what he's doing now in Kansas City. I think he needs to go to a double digit. 11 would be a good one for him with that long 
uh, nameplate. If he had like nine is a fine number. If you had like a name like Hall or something like that, Smith, mm-hmm. no problem. Yeah. You can't yeah. be Smith Schuster and just wear a single digit. That's my pet peeve of the week. Good. Well, at least you avoided talking about uh, Cincinnati's lack of food uh, in, in the downtown area. Good for you. Congratulations. You won't get any hate mail. Um, Seth, you are fantastic. We appreciate you coming on and spreading some knowledge for us. Everyone should go follow Seth. I think it's PFF underscore Seth, lowercase on Twitter. He's a fantastic follow. We appreciate you. Thanks for hopping on, buddy. See you guys. Symbol, S-I-M-B-U-L-L, stock market for sports. Use promo code forecast when you sign up and you can get 30 back money day, uh, money back guarantee plus your first risk-free deposit up to $500, which is pretty awesome. Uh, you can go buy shares of your favorite team. Um, you can then trade those shares and also get a dividend when your team wins. So a symbol on uh, your mobile app and look for the uh, app by typing S-I-M-B-U-L-L and use promo code forecast. All right, before we get to Judah, uh, DraftKings, I, we talk about a lot of different sports books, but DraftKings really makes it worth your while. So go download the app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We just gave you some awesome bets you can go place right now on DraftKings. And if you use promo code forecast, uh, sorry, promo code PFF, you can get $200 in free bets if you just win a $5 bet on any team. It's that easy. We just talked about two teams that are double-digit favorites. Go make it happen. Plus, there's stepped-up same-game parlays. You can parlay all the picks that we just talked about and get a stepped-up little boost there. So go download the app. Use promo code PFF and get $200 in free bets. All right. After that impressive display, it is time for Judah Fort Gang. All righty. We've got Judah Fort Gang joining us once again. We're going to talk uh, live betting strategy and uh, any alt uh, lines that he likes. He's the master of identifying those edges, whether it be a first quarter, whether it be a first half, um, some angle that you wish you had come up with. That is what Judah finds for you and uh, then delivers. He bets all of these uh, angles live. You can go follow uh, him, throw the damn ball on Twitter and watch him do it in action every single Sunday. Judah, how's it going, brother? Things are going great. Glad to talk ball. Let's do it. Let's jump in and let's start with um, the uh, alternate line plays that you like. For members of the printing press who might be new, you know, you go and you see the spreads that are out there and you can bet those, but you can also bet, you know, alternative lines where you get different odds for them. So you might have, you know, a team that's a three point favorite, but you could bet them to win minus 10, you know, by, uh, by 10 or more. Um, and uh, you get some different odds there. So that's what we're talking about. What do you like this week? Okay. I've got one. We're combining actually an alt spread and a team total. Here's oh. the case. Andy Dalton, believe it or not, has actually been dominant so far this season. Uh, he's top 10 in EPA. He's top 10 in PFF grade. What's most surprising, though, is he's doing it in the stable metrics, right? It's clean pocket, uh, early downs, without play action. He's avoiding negative plays. All of those, he's top five in the NFL, right? There's little evidence to suggest from 2022 that this play is like fluky and unquestionable. And then as a result, the Saints' offensive efficiency is top five. Okay, there are matchup angles as well. Uh, Baltimore has not been generating pressure at all. Again, he's top five from a clean pocket. Uh, Lamar's production has basically entirely come against the blitz this year. He's got a 0.27 EPA against the blitz, a negative uh, 0.04 EPA when not blitzed, and the Saints only blitz 17% of the time. That's just another matchup angle. Uh, there's also a clash. The New England, New England, the New Orleans run defense has been number one in EPA each of the last two seasons. Obviously, Baltimore relies on 
uh, their run game to get going. Okay, but this isn't really the point. This is a, this is an Andy Dalton question, right? Is Dalton the savior? I have no idea. But if the above is true, right? If Dalton is actually a top five quarterback or playing at it at the current moment, we're getting plus 310 here, right? That's the key. Uh, he may or may not uh, turn out to be, you know, a top five quarterback. Mm-hmm. But if the thesis is true, I'm not getting even odds here. I'm getting plus 310. And it's just one simple uh, idea coming to fruition that Dalton's actually probably playing like a top five quarterback, a top five quarterback. Uh, and I'm getting plus 310, right? That's the tail I want to leverage. It's asymmetric. I'm either losing my money or I'm gaining three times that. Uh, and that's a spot I really like. Have you considered that this game is being played on primetime on Monday night as opposed to at uh, 1 p.m. on Sunday? <laughs> is this, this is like the, the Kirk Cousins, uh, Andy Dalton effect. I, uh, I'll tell you this. Um, so, I mean, to your point, like Dalton has played really, really well. And I, I, we're talking about this on Sunday night, myself, Brad and Arjun, because I was like, look, I, I love the saints in this spot. And then I was like, Oh shoot, this is Monday night football. (laughs) Andy Dalton playing in primetime. Like I will never forget the first Thursday night, uh, primetime game. I watched Andy Dalton. I think I had Jeremy Hill on my fantasy team. And uh, it was a complete and utter disaster and nightmare. And uh, I will never lose that memory uh, from my mind. But, um, you know, the point here is that instead of betting, you know, to your point, you're getting those asymmetric odds. So you are, um, you know, benefiting potentially from a little bit of, um, you know, hesitancy on Dalton. And obviously he's been really good this year. He's been uh, really outside of Mahomes, Hertz and uh, and Geno Smith, uh, sorry, and Josh Allen has been uh, one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best, uh, other than that that quartet in the NFL. Um, Brad, you're a New Orleans guy. How do you feel about this? Yeah, my Saints. You know, I think the Dalton thing, uh, we obviously saw him in, in Dallas and Chicago. With Dallas, it was okay. With Chicago, it was bad, but obviously bad pass blocking. We talked about last week, the Raiders had two quarterback pressures against the Saints last week. I mean, that yeah. might have been the craziest stat of the entire Sunday slate. Um, I, I like it. It's interesting. One thought I had for you coming into this week, it was actually about this game before I knew you liked this play. When looking at live action, I know this is an alt line, but kind of plays into live betting. We have Ravens coming off a Thursday into a Monday night, almost a full bye week. New Orleans, obviously a standard Sunday to Sunday. Have you looked into it all? If there is teams that play better the first half, or maybe they have a slow start because they've had time off. And then maybe, let's say, hypothetically, teams do, you know, they have good first quarters or good first halves off a bye. And then we can even get Saints live or something like that. Um, or vice versa. Do you want to get it beforehand because the team that's more recently played is going to start out hot and maybe fade down the stretch? Have you looked into that at all? Is there any signal or anything there at all? Yeah, it's generally pretty noisy for two reasons. Number one, it's a small sample, uh, right? It's like there's only one bye uh, in a season. And for teams, it, like, it is team dependent in which case you're not really going to get uh, kind of a, a full sample. That's a good test. Like everyone knows the narrative that like uh, Mah- Reed and Mahomes off a of buy are, are elite. Like that's one that sticks out. Uh, if anything, I think that's probably priced in. Uh, but I do, I do think you raise a good point. Maybe here we can, we can talk about live betting, which is something I'm monitoring is uh, kind of this, this matchup I alluded to earlier about the Ravens rushing offense uh, going up against the, the Saints run defense. Run defenses can be great. Uh, and maybe that's like stable. The, the Saints have been top three each of the last three years, but it's a different animal. And it, by the way, they've been top five stopping quarterbacks, runs, uh, design runs and scrambles included. It's a different animal when you're facing Lamar Jackson, right? So I'm looking to see early if Lamar Jackson is looking to run uh, 
that might be the engine of the Ravens offense. And if he's doing so successfully, I might kind of want to peel back on my thesis as I see it not really coming to fruition. Uh, I'll be a little bit uh, more more patient with Dalton uh, and the offense because I think that's built on a, a stronger base. Um, but I don't really feel the same way about Lamar Jackson running the ball. That could just it's Lamar Jackson. The numbers can kind of be thrown out if he's if he's the magician, uh, you know, Harry Houdini against the Bengals on a sixty yard touchdown run. That's something that can uh, change the complexion of the game. So that's kind of an angle I'm looking at uh, that I might want to hedge off. Yeah, it's interesting. You might also identify maybe a play or two, a big play or two that comes in a somewhat fluky way. You know, maybe there's a missed tackle here, but you know, there's a, there's a few Lamar runs. They, they stop most of them. Then something kind of fluky happens that gets Baltimore out to a, an early lead, but you expect that not to, to continue. Um, or you mentioned the blitz play as well, right? Um, how does the passing game look against that, that non-blitzing New Orleans uh, defense? So that's your first live betting angle. You publish a fantastic piece every single week. Everyone should go read it where you talk about leveraging those tails, what alt lines you're going to play and your live betting strategy, which is my personal favorite, because as I mentioned, and members of the printing press know this, it is hard to like keep your wits about you when all the football is happening and betting live can be a lot. So going into it with a strategy and a game plan, is a lot of fun. It's really cool to watch you do it. What are the angles that you like for in play live betting this week? Okay. I'm going to start with the Rams bucks game. Okay. The, LA offense is essentially a point better per drive scripted versus not. Okay. The Bucks defense is bottom three against scripted plays. Okay. It wouldn't be thoroughly unsurprising to see uh, the Rams kind of come out, jump out to a lead Tampa Bay, the offense pretty much exactly the same. Uh, and their defense is actually a top three unit after the scripted plays run out. So mm-hmm. I want to see this game play out two ways. Either the Rams jump out to a lead I'm going to probably be able to, let's say they go up, you know, seven, nothing at the end of the first quarter, the line's probably going to be something like Rams minus two and a half. And I'm going to want to get it back to the original line now, uh, plus plus one fifty because this should be priced in, right? Like mm-hmm. we know the, uh, the long range, the long-term theory of the game remains exactly the same as it was pregame. There's just a little bit of noise that should be built in, but it's not team adjusted because markets can't adjust for that. Okay. So if the Rams go up seven, nothing, uh, and, and the bucks don't really respond on offense, I'm looking to bet the uh, Bucks, probably the all-spread money line at, at plus money. If not, if the game's like 7-7 or 10-7, I'm still going to be looking to buy the Rams under. Why? Because they're terrible off script, and the Tampa Bay defense is really good off off script. Uh, so I think you kind of have to, like, there are a bunch of different angles depending on how the first quarter flows, uh, but I think they generally confirm to the thesis of Rams are going to get worse as the game goes on, the Bucks are going to get a little bit stronger. That's really interesting. The uh, everyone obviously remembers the the NFC Championship game where the Bucks could not help themselves and continued to blitz Matt Stafford, and uh, it obviously hurt them uh, ultimately in the end on that play that won the game to Cooper Cup. I wonder if the Bucks have learned from that, or if they're looking at that Rams offensive line and going, "Yeah, they can't protect anything, so we're going to keep blitzing away and uh, you know dare Stafford to beat us." But that would be something I'm looking for. Yeah, in that game as well. Um, okay, what's your uh, what's your next angle here? Uh, a little less sexy, but hey, that's where the money's made. I'm going to look for the uh, Washington Commanders and Minnesota game to go over. Okay, these mm. two defenses again. We're going to the scripted stuff. 
uh, number two and three defensively on scripted plays. Uh, and Washington gets about a point better per drive after the script. Okay, I'm going to be looking. This game is at 42 and a half, 43. I don't remember where it's at right now. Uh, assuming it closes something like that. I'm going to be looking for a low-scoring first quarter. The lines to get to about 34, 35, 36. And I'm going to play the over, knowing that the Vikings are basically the same on-script versus off-script, uh, and Washington's going to get a lot better. The defenses are both worse off-script. Also, this is Taylor Heineke. And he uh, gets far better uh, just kind of throwing YOLO balls when he's off the script. I'm looking for him to throw a 60-yard bomb to Tyron McLaurin to get us over the over. Same. Love that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we we talked about this game a little bit um, on Sunday. And, uh, you know, this – the Heineke stuff is so funny. It's like – it's almost like Russell Wilson where you want him playing off script to start the game. Like, that's where it's best. And they feel like kind of that ultimate – you know, you it doesn't matter how ugly the game is, they're gonna make they're gonna keep playing until the end and, and make some sort of Herculean uh effort. On the on the flip side, right? Minnesota kind of has their thing, you know, their stuff together. Um, it'd be interesting to watch um how Minnesota's O-line, you know, uh, combats that commander's line, uh defensive line. Um, love both of those. Brad, do you have anything to add? Do you have any angles to add to, to see if Judah likes them or not? No, I should come prepare with some potential live thoughts. Uh, put put him at the test. Put his feet to the fire. Um, you know, <laughs> I did. I was looking forward to the Washington uh, and Minnesota discussion. We obviously, like you said, we talked about that on Sunday. Um, I, I love that one. I, I think that is. I guess I'll ask you. Just what do you think about? Um, not even tied to uh, live betting, but do, who do you like in that game if you had to pick? If I had to pick, I think I'd go Minnesota, uh, only because I'm not sure. It's Heineke's a bunch of variants. Right, I think that uh, the stability of a team like Minnesota, we know what we're going to get from them. Right, like this is this is why we call Kirk Cousins the Kirk, and that's why he's the the archetype quarterback. Um, I think it's it's pretty stable. Uh, with with Heineke, you're not going to get that. You might get the 60 yard bomb from Terry McLaurin, but you're also going to get a bunch of bad sacks, a uh, pick here or there. And I think just like these these teams are not in the same tier. Uh, right, if you just look at it, like any of the advanced metrics, you're probably going to find Minnesota at like 12 to 13. Washington at about 23 to 24. And there's no angle that's pointing me and saying, Hey, definitely bet Washington. Uh, so I got to go with Minnesota, but it's not, it's not anything more than a lean. You've got Kirk cousins returning home uh, to, to Washington. And if there's a player that uh, I'm not confident in uh, having a revenge game go his way, I would say it might be uh, it's Carson Wentz's number one. And then Kirk Cousins. Well, I, 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 yeah. Clear number yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Another way yeah. of saying you don't like that. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Exactly. Here's an angle that I have for you, Judah. I wanted to run by you. Tennessee, generally a good team to start the game. We've talked about them in your strategy a couple of times where looking to bet the under after they start the game hot and then, you know, the, the, the total adjust. Thinking about this in, in Kansas City, you know, Kansas City, a big favorite. I don't know what that line maybe or the odds get to, but I would look to bet a Kansas City alt line potentially if Tennessee gets out, scores a touchdown or two. I, I still believe at the end, by the end of the game, there'll be plenty of time for Kansas City to pull away. And that that Tennessee team is really not that great, even though they're five and two. So I think the market will maybe go, oh, they five and two. It's it's sort of legit. You know, the game's tied at half or something like that. And I would love to snap yeah. up Kansas City at a big number. 
Yeah, I think that like works. There are a few general rules that are kind of always flexible. If the Bills and Chiefs go down early, like their offenses are too good uh, mm. that the margin of error is is so high that like a couple of first quarter touchdowns are not going to make a difference. Like always bet on them because they can score thirty one points in twenty minutes. Uh, I think that's that's a general rule. It's a bonus that Tennessee uh, kind of has this scripted stuff and uh, their first quarter success. Though I don't know. Uh, if that would be the same with Malik Willis at quarterback. Uh, yeah. Which is why I, I personally held off on them last week. The moneymaker uh, from the previous seven weeks. Yeah, uh, it, it was rough with, with Wilson there. Brad, is, is Tannehill supposed to be back this week, though? I no? think he should be, yeah. yeah. Um, he apparently was more of an illness than his ankle is why yeah. he actually didn't play in that game. And that was, yeah, that was a priv watching Malik back there take some, you know, th- 3.8 second sacks. <laughs> That was that was tough to watch. Um, not tough to watch is uh, Judah Forking. Wild games are in action, uh, making some money for us live. We appreciate you, man. This is one of my favorite segments that we have uh, we've ever concocted here on the forecast. We appreciate you for hanging out with us late on a Wednesday night, and um, good luck this uh, this Sunday. And we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, we'll hang out, hang out with you guys. Let's make some money. Let's do it. See ya. All right, let's close it out. We've got Tage Seth. The uh, top button of the Seth sandwich that we provide you all on Wednesday night to the members of the printing press. We still need, I've been waiting for you and Arjun because you guys are the youth of the, of the printing press to create some good merch for us. All that I need is I need a shirt. I need a hat that has a printing emoji. That's all. It's very simple. Um, But we're here to pick the locks of the week. So um, let's get into it. And uh, Tej, why don't you kick us off as we do every single week, we go around the horn Pick our favorite bets. Last week, we had, I think, six of them. <laughs> and I believe the only two that didn't hit were Chris Godwin, uh, over six and a half receptions, which was complete BS because he got to six. And then Kenny Pickett at plus 175. So plus 175 mm-hmm. did not throw over one and a half interceptions. But everything else was absolute money. So, Seth, uh, Tej, where do you want to start? Yeah, yeah. Thanks again for having me on. Really excited to be here. If we do merch, I feel like we could do the Greek letters for the mm. printing press, like TPP, and then they could say anyone can rush under it, like a running backs don't matter type <laughs> fraternity thing. All right, I so, hear that. <laughs> just something to think about. Uh, my my first bet that I'm going to go with are, are the Green Bay Packers uh, in Detroit minus three and a half against the Detroit Lions. And the reason why I really like this bet is because the Packers wide receivers have struggled against man coverage this year. And that's kind of been the play to go against them. And like, what's kind of hampered their offense. The Lions corners stink, right? Like Jeff Okuda, 43rd ranked corner is having an okay season. Mike Hughes is the 96th ranked corner. And then Omani Awari is 110 out of 110 on PFF.com. So I really think that if there's one type of defense that the Packers receivers can actually beat in man coverage. It's this type of Lions defense. And we were messaging about this earlier today. Aaron Rodgers has dominated the Lions his whole career. Since 2018, he's thrown 18 touchdowns, two interceptions, and had a plus 0.3 EPA per play against the Lions. He loves playing against Detroit. He knows, you know, every time he comes, it's going to be a treat for him. And like this Lions team is kind of reeling. They just traded away one of their sports to be franchise cornerstones and they're kind of packing it in on the season. And so I think you can see some repercussions from that in this game. And that's why I like the Packers minus three and a half. Yeah, it's interesting. The Packers, I thought on Sunday night, you know, they, they got the brakes beaten off of them, but they didn't like disintegrate. And um, I think there's a lot of continued bad press about Aaron that's uh, coming out. I don't know if everyone saw the Von Miller 
Richard Sherman clip, but Von Miller sort of alluded to the fact that he talked to Rogers and Rogers, you know, he's like, why did you guys keep running the ball? Why didn't you throw it? And Rogers said something that Vaughn said, well, I'm not going to say what that is because I throw anybody under the bus. But the insinuation was, you know, basically my team sucks. So what do you want me to do? Uh, what do you want me to do here? Um, so I can get on board with that. Brad, where are you going? There was some hurt in that uh, analysis from Tej there, the, yeah, his lines. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, I like that one. I'm going to go to, well, I'll go with a straight up play. So I mentioned this on Sunday. I really like the matchup. We did talk about last week uh, with Judah. He liked Arizona money line. I think a lot of the things we identified there were sound. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins went off in the slot. Rondell Moore actually went off in the slot, so we identified that mismatch. And then also, J.J. Watt had two sacks. The interior pressure was a problem for Kirk Cousins. It's been a problem for him his entire career. Um, And maybe no one has a better interior pass rush unit than the Washington Commanders. You know, Jonathan Allen is a monster, and then Deron Payne is a nose tackle, but can generate the occasional pressure, is a very good player. You know, in a contract year, they're playing very well. So, they're plus three and a half at home they actually were plus four when we recorded on sunday i know it is the you know kirk cousins homecoming uh revenge game also some positive buzz dan slider might sell the team so you know vibes are high uh emotions are in a positive light i'm kidding on the last point but i like this matchup for the washington commanders <laughs> yeah, i can get on board with that the taylor heineke show um it does feel like people are really buying in uh to the vikings i'm sure they'll get some love with the the tj hawkinson stuff but like you know, are you expecting, again, sorry, Tej, um, but uh, it'll probably take, you know, a week or so for, for him to get it together. Um, let me go to where uh, Seth Galina was when we talked to him, and that is Cincinnati. The Carolina Panthers are going to visit the Bengals. The Bengals, seven and a half point favorite. Total here is 42 and a half. It's a low total. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals played just awful against the Browns. And, you know, you've got people sending pictures on social media where it's like, Hey, look at Joe Burrow without Jamar Chase. And it's pictured Andy Dalton. And like, that is the ultimate figure. You're, you know, you know, what out is when you get compared to Andy Dalton. So Jamar Chase still out in this game, but I don't think it's going to be too much for T Higgins, uh, uh, Boyd and uh, the rest of, of that group to get open against a Panthers team. Yeah, they've been fine, but really where the Panthers pick themselves up is with P.J. Walker. P.J. Walker, 77 PFF grade. He's played. He's got almost 10% of his throws have been big-time throws. Everyone saw the one to D.J. Moore. So their offense starting to get it together, uh, and the Bengals have to get their offense together. So I like over 42.5 in this um, between, I think, a team and the Panthers that has a slightly better than um, than advertised uh, defensive unit. Also, Chidobe Uze out with a leg. Mike Hilton, questionable. Uh, Trey Flowers, uh, not Trey Flowers. Um, uh, remind me of his name. Uh, Eli Apple. Who are we thinking of? No, no, Flowers on the uh, on the Bengals, but it's not. It's a. Uh, it's not Trey. It's uh, someone else. Anyways, this is great analysis. <laughs> I thought it is Cornerbacks. Trey. It's, it it's Trey. It's yeah, Trey yeah, Flowers, so. but is it Trey instead of T R E? Oh, yeah. that's right. It's not There's Trey. Two I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, okay, I thought it was right. Um, but but a lot of injuries at corner. And, um, you know, gives an opportunity for DJ Moore to help my fantasy team and uh, and show up here. So that's my first bet. Uh, Tej, where are you going next? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, really, really like both of those. And I'm going to go to a game that Judah talked about, you know, when he came on here earlier. And that's Raven Saints Monday Night Football. And I really like the over in this game that's set at 40, 48 right now. And when you look at the Ravens, 
they're basically getting a bye in the middle of the season here, going from playing on Thursday night to Monday night. Brad's Bears took advantage of that on planning, game planning to go up against the Patriots a couple Monday nights ago. Um, and I think that the Ravens will take a lot of uh, consideration with that bye to kind of get their offense set, you know, get really healthy because you get so many extra days off. And, you know, when you make the the trip down to New Orleans, you can be able to put up a lot of points there. And both of these quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson and Andy Dalton, are playing at a high level right now. Um, you know, I, I recently put up a piece at PFF.com uh, where I talked about when quarterback play usually stabilizes on the season. And that's usually around week eight, week nine, we start to see it stabilize. And that's the point we're at in the season. Lamar Jackson ranks eighth in the EPA per play, so we know that he's playing at a high level. Andy Dalton currently ranks fifth in EPA per play. So while he reg- he'll regress some throughout the season, he is playing at a high level right now, you know, has his full arsenal of receivers to work with in this game. And, you know, the, the defenses on the other side of the ball were supposed to be pretty good coming into this year, but they haven't been good as well. Like they both rank below average and expected points added allowed, particularly the, the Ravens defense has, has really struggled this year. So I think, you know, it's a primetime game, something fun to root for. I think we could see a lot of points in this game, even though I'm going against the primetime under trend that's been happening. It's been, it, I guess the trend overall is is towards the under, right? But, um, you know, we did see some, some positivity in the offensive uh, direction uh, last week, which, you know, maybe that continues. Um, Brad, where are you heading next? Yeah, um, another one we talked about that hasn't moved enough to change it uh, is a teaser from Sunday. It is a teaser of the Seattle Seahawks and the Jacksonville Jaguars. You can get the Jaguars out to seven and a half. You can get the Seahawks to eight now um, against the Arizona Cardinals. You know, we discussed it at length, but really it's just I don't understand why or I don't don't see how the Cardinals are going to win any game, maybe the entire season, given how bad they are in scripted plays on both sides of the ball. It's literally they don't know what they're doing to start games on either side of the ball, how they're going to cover over a touchdown. I just don't see it. Um, And then you talk about how the Saints defense has been below average. Well, they just shut out Derek Carr and the Las Vegas Raiders who are playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. I've also monitored teams coming back from London have really not shown significant effects. It's not that long of a flight for Jacksonville. Um, You know, I don't know if Las Vegas stayed out East, like some teams tend to do, but if they didn't, they probably have more of a travel, you know, a negative travel effect than Jacksonville does coming back from London. So, um, you know, I, I just love that teaser there. You know, I don't know if either team wins, but I just don't see either the team losing by more than a touchdown. I think that's a good call out. The, uh, and a nice bet we talked about it on Sunday night. My nervousness is around Trevor Lawrence. And Trevor, it seems like the negativity around Trevor Lawrence is just like piling on. I don't know. Maybe it's in relation to Justin Fields. He's starting to play a little bit better. Um, at the same time, though, it's like Zach Wilson is over here looking completely lost. I feel like we just decided to, to kill Trevor Lawrence. Um, my next uh, my next bet is, um, is going to be going to the Sunday night game. I talked about this a little bit with Seth Galina. Andy Reid coming off of a, a bye against the team in the Tennessee Titans that beat the brakes off the Chiefs last year. An aggressive team that has really struggled against play action. Really, you can, if you're prepared, I think, as the Chiefs will be, you can take advantage of them. And it's not like they have any running game to speak up. So if they're going to score points in this game, they're a 12 and a half point favorite. I think that means Mahomes is throwing a bunch of touchdowns. He's going to get one of those little pop passes and a couple of uh, throws to Kelsey in there as well. So I, it's not out yet, but I'm guessing the line is going to be two and a half, probably snap it up at a plus price to start. That is going to be my next submission. Patrick Mahomes over two and a half passing touchdowns against the Titans. Tej, I think you have one more, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, love that one. And I, you know, I think that's like a common play is the Patrick Mahomes over two and a half touchdowns usually hits, which is pretty cool. Uh, I'll, I'll also go with a, a prop bet and I'll do Joe Mixon. It's not out yet, but this is usually what his rushing prop is around. Um, it's six, it'll, it'll probably be around 68 and a half rushing yards. You can take that all the way down to 65 and a half. Uh, you know, we, we talked about this on the show last week. It was up on PFF.com and the app, you know, take the Joe Mixon under against the Browns. And it's because Joe Mixon is a really bad rusher, you know, negative 0.98 rushing yards over expected this year. And if you don't want to use the advanced metrics, 3.3 yards per carry, which ranks 29th out of 34 qualifying rushers. Um, and then the Panthers like run defense is, is pretty good. You know, they allow the 10th least rushing yards per carry in the NFL. And then another factor about this is without Jamar chase, the Browns typically a too high team played a lot of single high coverages and put an extra man in the box because they don't have to worry about receivers beating them on both sides. And I think we'll see that also from the Panthers and then just kind of the rest of the defenses going forward. So Joe Mixon already not a good rusher is going to have to rush against an extra man in the box on half of his plays. And I think that's going to be really difficult for him to keep up. So, you know, when the rushing prop comes out, you know, whether it's in the mid to high sixties, I would take his under there. Nothing was more invigorating than seeing Joe Mixon as the Browns are winning by like 25, continue to gain one to two yards every time <laughs> he ran the ball. Uh, Brad, where are you going next? Yeah, so you that was uh, – I don't have any more because you took one that I was going to say <laughs> that you and Seth – well, you and Seth both sold me on. I, I, this is okay. a mid-show decision. I did say I like Kansas City earlier. I still do. I already bet at 11.5 earlier in the week. But because Tennessee we know is one of the best teams in the NFL scripted plays – that works in favor of Mahomes throwing touchdown passes mm-hmm. if they maybe do trail early in this game. And then with Seth liking Titans to cover 12 and a half, see some things he likes, some mismatches there. Um, you know, I love it. I love Mahomes over two and a half touchdown passes in that game. Um, the other thing, I just looked, the uh, Tennessee Titans are plus seven first half. You know, if you like they're kind of getting off to a decent start, that could be a play there as well. Um, your Saints uh at two plus two and a half on monday night we talked about this on sunday i'm not i don't want this to be the lock of the week because i can't deal with andy dalton but you could tease them out to eight and a half i don't i don't know you know i mean is he gonna throw two pick sixes everyone's gonna be like i remember what happened on thursday night those were a little fluky there was a drop he's been playing really freaking well so you think about the other options, you could tease it with Seattle out to eight, with Jacksonville uh, out to uh, seven and a half. So a lot of options there. I'll throw that one out there if anyone like really wants to suffer on, on Monday night. Um, all right, fellas, where do we want to go with uh, the lock of the week? It feels like there's a little less juice towards, you know, multiple locks this week, but I'm curious where your, your head is at, Tish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. As always, I really like the picks that you guys gave out. I'm hoping we can continue our hot streak from last week. I think it was, you know, one of the best weeks we we, we ever had betting. Um, The two picks I really liked from you guys was Brad's Washington plus three and a half. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, Minnesota has been winning in in fluky ways. And Heineke really leans into his variance when he plays. And that can lead to some some wide right tail outcomes to happen. And then also the classic Patrick Mahomes, two and a half uh, touchdowns, you know, against a, a Tennessee defense in 
a kind of a, a game where I'm sure they have some pretty cool stuff schemed up, especially in the red zone. Uh, like you mentioned, George, with maybe like the, the underhand throw to, to Kelsey on the screen or something to, yeah. to get him, you know, some extra passing touchdowns. So those are the two plays I really like from you guys. The little, you know, every team now runs that. They get the end zone and, and every team messes it up. They do the little inside, <laughs> you know, push pass to the tight end. And it's like, try not, please stop trying to be Andy Reid. Um, Brad, where's your head at? Yeah, so one final point just on Washington or on the uh, the Minnesota Vikings versus Washington. I also love that it's kind of a look ahead spot for Minnesota. They're at Buffalo and then host Dallas the next two weeks after that. You know, with Buffalo, everyone's trying to, you know, show they can play with Buffalo in any way, shape, or form. With Dallas, it's, you know, a battle for the two seed in the NFC at this point. Um, so I, I like that as well. Not that Kirk Cousins is going to overlook, you know, returning to FedEx Field in Washington. But I love that one. And, and I, I, Patrick Mahomes as well. Only one, I, I am less bullish on doing our, our six-pack, as we talked yeah. about last week, maybe being a little bit more conservative. Um, the last one I would throw in is that teaser I mentioned. I do love that teaser as well. Okay, so what if we do a three-pack? Got to go Mahomes over two and a half. We'll we'll throw the teaser in, and then we'll do uh, we'll do our our Washington Commanders. I mm-hmm. let me ask you this, Brad. Where do you between Green Bay and Washington? Because I do love the Rogers ownership of the Lions angle, but he's a road favorite. Which one do you like better? Yeah, I don't I don't hate the, the Packers bet at all. It's Heineke. Heineke beat Rodgers. <laughs> he, did. he did. And also, like, like I mean, Tage mentioned, though, the the leaning into the variance. This Minnesota defense is just not good, in my opinion. Yeah. Washington is yeah. a pretty good offensive right. line. Yeah, but anyway. Let's go, yeah, let's go with the commanders. Let's go with the yeah. commanders. If you want to yeah. bet the Packers, you can, you, can, you can do that, too. That's not against the rules. The locks <laughs> of the week, the Washington commanders plus three and a half at home against the Minnesota Vikings. The Jaguars and Seahawks teased out Jacksonville at seven and a half at home, Seattle on the road out to eight. If you're really crazy, you're going to put the Saints in there as well. And then Patrick Mahomes, an old friend, over two and a half passing touchdowns. Tej, it's always a pleasure. Hopefully we can repeat last week. Thank you so much for hanging out. Everyone can go follow him uh, on Twitter. It's was it Tej Seth Analytics or something like that? Yeah, Tage FB Analytics. There you go. Pretty close. <laughs> um, and he's got a bunch of great content out there. You can also find it on pff.com and, of course, the PFF app. So you should check it out. It's all fantastic content. Sir, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We will see Thanks, you guys. next week.